Angela Coca with you. You're listening to On Point. It was around this time yesterday that we were talking about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial, not specifically about the trial, more so about the fact that coming out of the trial, we were hearing a lot of he said, she said as to who was truly the victim of abuse, all allegations. But I had a chance to talk with a professor emeritus out of the University of British Columbia. And first of all, I just wanted to find out, are men more reluctant to say that they are victims of abuse? Um, Are they a smaller percentage when it comes to domestic abuse? And Don Dutton, Professor Dutton, just said, oh, no, their numbers are actually pretty high. And so it had us wondering, well, why do we not know more about this? Where do men who finally do admit that they are victims go? That's why I wanted to bring in my next guest, Justin Trottier, National Executive Director at Canadian Centre for Men and Families. Justin, thanks so much for your time tonight. Well, thanks for your interest in the topic. I'm glad to join you. Well, let's just talk about the Canadian Centre for Men and Families. How long has it been around and why did you think it was important that this centre be created? So we've been around since about 2015. Um, That's when we opened the first Centre for Men and Families. We're now uh, active in five centres all across Ontario and we have centres in BC and in Alberta now as well. And recently, a year ago, we opened the first family shelter uh, for men and children for abused uh, families um, that are father-led families. So that's just to give you a really short history of the organization. Um, We had been getting calls almost on a daily basis from abused men. Uh, including abuse fathers who were looking for an escape. Um, There weren't any services available for them, um, support services of all kinds, but in particular, a safe space that they could go to, a shelter space, an emergency residential space, uh, those were not available. And so having heard now from several hundred of these men, uh, this uh, really lit a fire under us to do some fundraising and some campaigning to open what would become the first of its kind family shelter for abused men and children, which is where I'm speaking to you from today. So it's now a living, breathing facility. Uh, It's the first of its kind, but hopefully not the last of its kind. And there are efforts to expand these services across Toronto and then beyond uh, to additional uh, locations where they're needed in this country. You talk about fundraising. Is this something where the government has been able to help as well to uh, see a need when it comes to our our social system? So unfortunately, not yet. Um, And I should say the Canadian government and the provincial governments are a little bit behind. There actually are uh, other uh, jurisdictions in the world that are funding shelters and support services for uh, abused men. I'm thinking in particular of the UK in 2019. uh, The UK government actually released its first ever position statement on male victims of crime and put forward a million pounds, in this case pounds for for the UK, to charities that would support men and boys who have experienced domestic abuse. And other countries have followed uh, their lead, but Canada does lag behind. So this was created, this first shelter here in Toronto, several thousand Canadian uh, individuals and a number of very pioneering foundations that that want to fight domestic abuse and do it in a gender inclusive way. That's how we got this off the ground. It's a pilot project. And now that it exists, now we have something to show for uh, this cause. And we've actually had over 40 families um, that have benefited from the services. Their lives have been transformed. Now we're in a very different place. There's a concreteness to the initiative. Now we think we're in a better place to go back to government and ask them for financial support. 
understand that women's shelters, most of their money comes from government subsidies. They do some fundraising as well, but a large percentage of it, core funding comes from typically provincial government uh, support. Um, so that is standard for women's shelters. It's virtually non-existent for shelters for abused men. Uh, we're hoping to uh, be the first of its kind in that respect as well. And we do have some efforts underway to gain government funding from the provincial governments in Ontario, BC and Alberta, the three provinces where we're active. What kind of research is there into the the numbers of men who are victims of domestic abuse? Because I think that is also what people have a hard time wrapping their head around saying uh, a shelter for men. We only hear so much about women fleeing domestic relation, domestic abuse and relationships. Well, there is scholarship really all across the world on this, but I think the most relevant would be the uh, Statistics Canada. Um, here in Canada, the Statistics Canada uh, agency provides a general social survey on all kinds of interesting kind of population statistics issues. And so every five years, they release a, a portrait, so-called a family violence. When they did this in 2014, they found that 342,000 women and 418,000 men indicated having been in an abusive relationship in the preceding uh, five years. So that's how they that's how they study that. And so, as you can see, the numbers are very comparable and, in fact, slightly higher for men than women. Um, but when we look at these portraits, which are done, as I said, every five years, they're always comparable. Sometimes women uh, account for slightly more victimization, sometimes men. But for the last 30 to 35 years that they've been doing these, they've always been similar. And I want to emphasize it's not just any kind of violence. It's also severe violence are also similar between men and women, the consequences of violence. For example, uh, scholars have looked at PTSD and other symptoms of the long-term mental health effects of violence. And there too, they find that it's, it's similar. A lot of people think maybe men suffer the, the less extreme forms of violence. So that's how those numbers work, but that's not the case. Men uh, suffer the more severe forms just as women do, and the consequences are severe. And last thing on this is just imagine you're a father who's a victim of violence, and you have this impossible situation you're in because you either stay to protect your children, children who may also be victims, or maybe they're witness witnessing your violence. So you stay to protect them, but then you put yourself in, in increasing risk of, of further victimization, um, or you leave, and where would you go? You can't take your children anywhere because there are no, until now, family shelters. So you have to leave your children behind. It's a really, it's an impossible an unfair situation for these fathers to be in. That's one of the motives for us as a as a family service agency. You're not only interested in in men, we're interested in men and and their and their children, men and families. And that's why this was important for us. What kind of stories do you hear then from men who are turning to your organization and especially your shelter uh, as far as why they need it, why this is so important? Yeah, th- thank you for that. Um, I think it's important to uh, kind of put put real people you know, forward when we're talking about these sorts of s- situations is it's not only the statistics, there are real families who are suffering. We've been doing this now, as I said, since 2015. We started before we had the shelter with uh, a support program called Nexus Recovery. At this point, it's expanded fivefold. Oh, I wonder if we're losing the line. You know what? 
Unfortunately, I think we've lost the line. I love Zoom when it works, but sometimes it is just finicky that way. But uh, I'm glad that we were able to get through most of the conversation with uh, Justin Trache, National Executive Director at the Canadian Centre for Men and Families. The Toronto, Toronto, Toronto Shelter for Men and Their Children celebrating a one-year anniversary already. More than 40 families have stayed at that shelter. So... I'm not saying it's one or the other. I think it's important that we raise awareness that both sexes within a relationship can be victims of abuse and they have to have places to turn when they need safety and a chance to maybe rebuild a family and work on whatever it is that is broken there. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to On Point. Back after this.